Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. In this episode, we catch up with Robert Bach of The Locksmiths. The Locksmiths have a new EP. We're going to feature two songs and talk about what Robert and his wife are doing. Let's have a listen to Two Hands. There's only so much I can do. I've only got two hands. They're covering up the cracks that are showing and drawing up new plans. Cause your words don't hold much water. I'm still working on the dam. There's only so much I can do. I've only got two hands. Just because you made a list of all the lists you're gonna make Don't mean I'm gonna read it And just because you brought a nasty habit home Don't mean I'm gonna feed it You've got days full of hours ahead Why waste your time count minutes Cause this moment's gonna pass you by For your blessings and sit still Despite the congregation's clapping Don't you know that worrying is just how people pray For what they don't want to happen So don't atone for saying sorry Take a breath and watch it shape what it's applied to Cause I know that when this all blows over I'll be standing there beside you I guess it's your turn to be fragile I guess it's your turn to be lost Tell who you need Cause bad news never waits for a good time And I can't help it when a dissident voice Is trembling more than mine
I've only got two hands. Hey, everybody. I'm really excited about today's guest, Robert Bach from The Locksmiths. Robert was an early guest on the Long Island Sound podcast. We learned about how he develops uh, his music, their music, and uh, he came out with uh, two more songs. So uh, I thought it was about time that we catch up um, and see what's happening with The Locksmiths. Hey, good to have you on the program, Robert. Great Great to see you. Thanks so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me, what's been going on in your life and in the music world? Uh, man, it's been very busy. Um, we had another baby. Congratulations. I, I'm trying to remember like, if we the last time we spoke was before December. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we had, a, we had another baby, and um, we started putting out some music. We have a new EP coming out August 4th um, that we've released some singles for. Um yeah, we're very excited about it. It's, a, it's so. What's going to be on that EP? Are you going to have um, more than a couple songs, like two or three songs, or how's it going to be set gonna up? Be like, it's going to be about six songs. Oh, okay. All, all the songs are covers of our friends' tunes. Our friends uh, wrote these songs and have released them, and we're just doing. It's a covers EP of our friends' tunes. Oh, that's nice. Give them some exposure as well, right? Yeah. So um, we heard coming into uh, the podcast. Um, one of your songs, Two Hands, H-A-N-D-Z. Tell me about when, when that was developed. So that one is uh, written by my friend Chris Q. Murphy, a song that he put out on one of his, his albums. And so the way the whole album kind of has come together was at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I just kind of hit like a writer's block and I wasn't able to really like write. And, I, and I've always had this idea of wanting to um, put out a covers album of my friend's songs like about covering their tunes um so two hands was one that chris wrote that i've really been a fan of that i've enjoyed so it was one of the ones i kind of envisioned um kind of switching up the style and trying to like put my own little spin on it now how would how would you say uh your your spin on it contrasted with the original recording um well one idea that i had was i wanted to make it well, I mean, the song already kind of had like a lot of soul to it, but I wanted to like really um, tap into like the syncopations and I wanted to add some horns and really kind of flesh out the sound and like make it sound like a bigger, more, I don't know, explosive uh, performance. Cool. And did you, did you get feedback from the, your, your buddy on? Uh, oh, what? yeah, he was he was a big fan of it. Yeah, we actually um, we played the porch stomp festival on governor's island in june mm-hmm. um and during his set we we both performed the song together which was a really nice moment that's nice you know when you can take us when you can do a cover and put your own style and it's singing singing in your key and stuff it's it's kind of neat kind of uh really broadens things out you know as far as how a song can be heard you know yeah. i just yeah go ahead i'm sorry no yeah i, I mean it's nice when i mean i, I do a lot of you know, playing covers at like, you know, gigs and stuff like that, um, of like, you know, big names, like covers. Um, but when you can like do one of your friends tunes and like kind of, you know, try to make it your own and like, you know, give it, give it its own inflection. And, you know, I think you're, you're honoring their song as well as, you know, trying to bring, put your own little spin on it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was, I was, um, I was at the, uh, Great South Bay Music Festival out here on the island in Patchogue 
and I was walking with another musician, and we were just about to go to the stage where it was a, there was a tribute band going there. And uh, it was funny. It really came under, I won't say who it is, but it came under his craw as far as he recognized how people duplicate, you know, the exact riffs and stuff like that of the original tune. But it, it also, he was disheartened by uh, the lack of imagination and improvisation, you know, uh, where people do the exact cover exactly the way the original artist did it. And uh, I, I found that really interesting, you know, uh, his perspective on that. You know, it's just, it seemed like very narrow guardrails. So I do like it when an artist will, will take a song and put their own spin on it or, or enhance it or just do it in a different style or a different tempo. Um, I think that's what's great about music and, and you're kind of freed up with that, you know. I agree. I, I think, I mean, there's definitely also a skill set to people who will try and you know duplicate precisely you know the way an artist did it like i went to go see the the fab foe one time and they're like infamous for like trying to get like the exact sound of you know the beatles recordings and stuff which is like really cool especially you know when you can't actually go see the beatles play but <laughs> you know it's like the next best thing <laughs> right right it's you know it's and uh, i'm reading i'm reading this book by rick rubin um, it's really great. My daughter got it for me. It's called The Creative Act. And, you know, one of the things that he points out is, hey, you know what? Jimi Hendrix does the best Jimi Hendrix, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, Stevie Vai does the best Stevie Vai. And, you know, when you approach it from a tribute band to say, hey, you know what? The Allman Brothers did the best Allman Brothers and anything else is, is going to be second best if, if at all, um, and it is a compliment to their music. But uh, this particular band that we were walking up to was an Allman Brothers cover band. And he goes, how ironic that the Allman Brothers, who were so innovative and uh, had so much expression, are being covered, you know, exactly the yeah. same. The same. He, we were walking up and he's like, he's playing the same exact lead that Dickie Betts plays. He goes, <laughs> he was like, ah, you know. So I, I, give, I give you a lot of kudos for... Uh, for approaching it that way. I think it's uh it's a good way to keep the art and the music kind of going. So, yeah. um, so what do you got, what do you got? Uh, I guess things are really percolating as far as uh, you're doing a lot of playing and stuff must be tough with, you know, what do you have three kids, right? Yeah. Three kids and everything else going on in your life. How do you fit the gigs in? I don't know. It must be uh challenging. They are, they are, they are few and far between right now. Um, especially with, you know, a baby. Sure. Um, so a lot of it has been dedicated to a lot of the music stuff has mostly been like, you know, putting out the recordings and kind of like reaching out, you know, musically when you can't like physically, you know, actually be out there. Now, I got to ask you a question as far as how do you approach the recording process? Are you laying down all the tracks? I, I don't remember if we've covered this before. Are you getting more into the production and mixing it and that sort of thing? What's what's your what had what was your approach on these these past two songs that uh, you know the one that we heard and the one we're about to hear? So for this EP, because because the whole thing was started um, around the height of the pandemic, uh, I I knew getting people together to actually do the recordings was going to be very problematic and not really possible. Mm -hmm. So. I, I downloaded this program called BandLab onto my phone. Okay. 
and I was using that as sort of it's got like a little mix it like it like records and and is a little mix and a mixer sorry and so I was recording into into the device into my phone and then kind of like mixing from there okay. and then I would be reaching out to my friends you know who have like who've played different parts like you know trombone player uh, um, Sean McCabe or a pedal steel player um, Mike Robinson and you know I would write to them and be like hey you know here's here's the song here's what I have so far and not really fleshed out it's like bare bones mm. and I'm like you know can you add you know a part to this um, and they would email me the track and then I'd like download it and put it into the to the band lab on my phone and, and from there I would like mix and kind of EQ everything and put it all together it's you know that's a nice way to uh, an ingenious way to collaborate you know and and to be honest with you it's really generous of an artist to do that you know to say hey put your put you you put the spice on it maybe it's out of necessity i don't know maybe i'm throwing too much at you but uh <laughs> well i mean there's there's definitely limitations to what you know we're all capable of right you know i've i can't play any horn instruments or pedal steel and you know <laughs> um but I also have been reached out to, you know, people who are in my band and my friends and saying like, hey, I want you to be a part of this. Um, you know, what can you add to this? And they, you know, all want to be on board. So Nice, nice. So tell me about After the Flood. And this, uh, we'll uh, let our audience have a listen to it. But tell me how that kind of came about. So After the Flood is a song written by my friend Karen Dahlstrom, who is uh, another brilliant songwriter. Um, she put it out on her uh, EP, No Man's Land. I can't remember how long ago, but it was one of the songs that of hers that I like completely fell in love with. Mm. Um, both her and Chris are also members of the big city folk community uh, that I'm a part of. So it's nice, like we get together every once in a while for our song clubs, and you get to hear like their new songs. And from there, that was one of the songs that she had played, and I was like, oh my gosh, the song is incredible. Um, which she had written about Hurricane Katrina and kind of like the aftermath of people down in, in New Orleans, which mm -hmm. is ironic because I was actually there um, <laughs> during Hurricane Katrina. Wow. Uh, so I feel like that element of the song, like I was able to like kind of like put my own personal, you know, feeling into the song, you know, which is incredible. Yeah, I was, I was down in, uh, I went down to Katrina. My daughter went. Um, and, and helped uh, with a little bit of rebuilding. And I went down uh, as part of my job to check things out. And it was really surreal, particularly the, uh, I think they put X's on the house if there were no, if there were no bodies, I think, in the house. Or Oof. they would write numbers on, on the house to uh, alert people to things. So it was really just a very uh, a tough situation. They've rebounded from it. But, man, that's certainly a scar for, uh, for the people from New Orleans of how that really... Uh, you know, and, and they made adjustments, you know, to some of their dam systems and, and what have you, uh, which basically got shut off when the electric shut off and that led to the tremendous amount of flooding. Anyway, let's listen to the song. Hey, and when we come back from the song, I really want to talk about that group that you're part of. I think it's so unique and I think it can have some lessons and some inspiration for the singer songwriters sure. that are listening to the podcast. Hey, everybody. Check this out, and we'll be right back after the song. They put another 
back with Robert Bach. Hey, Robert, thanks for sharing that song. It's really great to hear uh, your take on that. And you know what I'm going to do is I want to listen to the original song. If you can send that to me, that would be great. I'd just like to see to see the dynamic be, between the two songs. But I'm yeah, really absolutely. interested in that community group that you're with, um, uh, with other musicians. So tell us a little bit about that and tell me how it's helped you or, or changed the way you, you approach music. Uh, yes, so the group is called, it's Big City Folk is the name of the community. It was started by mm -hmm. uh, my friend Niall Connolly um, back in 2007. 
um, where, you know, it was, it was just kind of like this umbrella of, you know, different songwriters, you know, getting together and, you know, sharing original music, um, at these song clubs. Um, and it was kind of a way to, you know, promote, you know, original music and, and create safe spaces for people to share and try out new songs. Um, and I've, I started with them, I want to say maybe 2012 or 13, I can't remember, but, um, yeah, and it's it's definitely I would say improved my songwriting. It's it's both um, exciting and also scary, especially when you know you're going into a room with you know a lot of different songwriters, and you know there's always going to be you know a wide range. You know when people get you know uh, intimidated or, or right. excited, and you're like, man, like you know, especially when you're trying out something new that. You haven't really shared with anybody. You're like, oh my gosh, is this are people going to like this or not? Um, but it's definitely a safe space and and it's very welcoming and inviting. So it's it's definitely improved my songwriting, I would say, because you're kind of learning yeah, a lot of different styles and different is, ways um, how people create. You know, I spoke to other artists, and it's really I look at it as like almost like an experimental lab approach. You know, where I've heard from artists who say, hey, you know what, I did this particular song and the audience really responded. And, you know, several audiences responded to this particular song. And they use that as kind of saying, hey, you know, this is something that I need to pull into my repertoire, um, you know, uh, bring it to the the front burner, uh, so to speak. The other thought I, I wanted to ask you about was... And this is back to that Rick Rubin book because I, I I was reading it for the I got back to reading again. I can't believe I like put down books for a while. Yeah, reading is reading is fundamental. <laughs> but when you and and this is what I'm guilty of. I'll come up with something that's catchy, and I'll put it down and I won't act on it. And you know, there's a I got a thousand recordings of stuff that I feel extremely guilty about. When something strikes you. Do you kind of stick with it and work it through, or um, how does the process kind of work for you to hash out and give birth to to a song? I feel like so when when I get something that I really like or that I or that I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily write it down. Um, I kind of just like let time pass. And then if it comes back to me, like if it's something that, you know, that keeps coming back into my mind, that's sort of, I guess, my first, I guess, like litmus test as to whether I'm excited about or whether it's something I want to keep. A lot of my writing happens or like my creativeness. I've heard that. Yeah. I guess happens when. I'm like driving like yep. to and from work because I'm letting my mind kind of just like wander. Um, and, and that's when, you know, things will kind of like hit me. Uh, and then throughout the day, if I'm like, Oh yeah, like I really like this. That, that, um, that's your key. And it key keeps that coming is back like, maybe me, I got something I think that's that sort of to, to flush out you know, my way. And 
Yeah. And then from there, if I'm, yeah, and then I build on it. And then if from there, if, if like it's still sticking around, right. I'll, that's right. when I'll start yeah. like, writing it again. Because I'm like, that's great. well, now I definitely don't I want tell it to you, go this, away. You know what's just amazing? You put some, you know, really hard work into a song. I don't, you know, the hours don't matter, but there's hours that are put into it, right? And then you've created something that is going to be a memory for somebody, potentially. Uh, something that they're, that they're, uh, might be, it could become the song track to somebody's awesome. life. You know, hey, this, you know, when they hear it, they had a good time and they remember it. You know, that's, that's the hopeful aspect of it. But that kind of really lives on beyond the number of hours that you've ever put into it, which I think that's great about songwriters and, and, and people who woodshedded their craft to, to really put it out there. You know, it's kind of eternal. You know, it's, it's part of, yeah. Especially because, like, you're taking a risk, and it's like, you know, I'm sharing something with you that, you know, I don't know. Right, if, but you know, you know what? If, if, going if to you're even free care enough to say, what it is. hey, it's good enough that I like it, because you can't, you can't control what other people think or what other people digest. But if you can control, hey, you know what? This is something, this is a gift I'm putting out there, and, and uh, you know, kind of push through it. I think that's a wonderful, uh, you know, position to take uh, as an artist and I, I would encourage you just to keep doing it you know no matter what anybody says you know just keep because you know what not, not everybody thank can you. do what you do you know? <laughs> thank you uh, so it's you know especially when you're, you're doing so much everything else you know and you you find the time to bang out a few kids and uh, work and <laughs> and do podcasts do podcasts late at night right that's so where tell the songs me, come from. Yep. So tell me, where, what do you got coming up uh, this summer? Yeah, that's where the songs come from. Where can people from. find you on, on social media? And uh, I encourage you, everybody. I can't wait to see summer you guys up. live. It's really been uh, – it's, it's on my list. So tell me where you're going to be. It's speaking oh, of. Oh, yeah. Um, sp speaking of, <laughs> um, we act, we're doing uh, an album uh, – an EP release show at um, – Okay. Alewife Brewing in Sunnyside, Queens on August 19th. Oh, yeah. Um, At Delaney friends, on the program. Uh, the Bell Curves, uh, Delaney Hafner, will be, uh, yeah, they'll be opening up uh, that that night of music at 8 o'clock. And then we're going to follow them up. Um, and the EP is out August 4th. Great. Well, so that Robert, should be, I really want to thank you for your time. It was really good. Uh, again, congratulations on the new baby. And, uh, and, and the, the two baby songs that you're putting out. So thank you so much. Thanks for having <laughs> Sometimes me. Sometimes it's like giving birth. I really, really appreciate your time being here. Everybody check out the locksmiths. Take a look in the description below. You'll see all their social media links and uh, you're going to enjoy their music and have a good time when you go see the locksmiths. So good to be good to have you here. All right. Be well. Take care. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Peace.